0: the extraordinarychurch.ca podcast where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen.
1: Let's go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. And I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version today. Jeremiah 18 and verse 1. When you got it, say, I got it. If you need more time, say, hold up. Okay, hold up, praise God. Hold up, wait a minute. We're going to do it. While you're doing that, I love to make this declaration. I try to make it uh, every, every Sunday. Praise God. this this right here this is my bible it is the word of god i can do what it says i can do i can be what it says i can be and i can have what it says i can have praise god okay let's look at the word of the lord it says the word which came to jeremiah from the lord saying arise and go down to the potter's house And there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. When that tongue and interpretation came forth and the word something, it just resonated so loudly with me. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant i speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice then i will relent concerning the good with which i said i would benefit it and i want to preach this thought to you today by the help of the holy ghost the potter's hands the potter's hands would you help me pray father we love you And we're so thankful for you've already spoken in this place clearly and loudly, but I'm thankful for the revealed Word of God. I believe everything that you have allowed to happen up until this moment has brought us to this place. Lord, let us remain in the flow. Have your way in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. You may be seated. Jenny, it's good to see you there. Praise God. Let's go ahead and jump on into the Word of the Lord. We called jeremiah the weeping prophet he was born in a city just several miles north of jerusalem called anathoth the son of a high priest jeremiah was a prophet pastor barry from god who was called to minister primarily to the southern kingdom we call it the kingdom of judah or the house of israel there are many seasons in his life believe it or not that he wanted his prophetic ministry to stop He wanted God to put the brakes on, if you will. He found himself often riddled with challenges and opposition. Let me just push pause for a second and just give you this disclaimer. If you are going to do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to experience challenges and opposition. People hated Jeremiah. True prophets don't have a lot of fans. True prophets don't have business cards. True prophets don't call themselves prophets. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. True prophets are not worried about what they get on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and tell everybody how wonderful it is to be a prophet. As a matter of fact, true prophets and see those people uh, that I'm talking about right now, those are the ones that prophesy, not prophesy. Praise God. But true prophets are not concerned with how many followers they have, how many likes they obtain. They're concerned about pointing people to him. We need true prophets in this hour. I don't know if you've ever met a a, a true prophet, but they don't need any type of disclaimer or announcement. I'll never forget. uh, I've had a couple of instances with prophets and a couple that came to mind where they had no knowledge. I remember I had, the Lord had called me into full-time ministry. I'll make this quick in like 60 seconds. And I had been with the bank for 13 years. And they had offered me a job or offered me kind of the wink, wink, you know, job. We're going, you got to go through the interview, the formalities, but the job was yours. And I was looking at the requisition. The job description and, and the pay, and I just put it down for a moment because it was paperback. Then we're in a paperless world now, but I was in the comfort room on the seventh floor looking over the city of Richmond, and I just said, Praise God, we in the money. That's exactly what I thought. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, Resign. And I thought to myself, No, 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 that's the devil. Get behind me, Satan. If it's under your feet, it's under mine too. <laughs> Praise God. That is not of you, Jesus. And I didn't resign, and uh, I was being hard headed, and, and everything started falling apart, and I couldn't clutch onto the favor that the Lord had given me. And 90 days later, the Lord spoke to me and said, I told you to resign. You will not return to secular employment. Now, I had no plan B. I was talking to one pastor recently, he told me he had options. I thought, it must be nice to have options. I got none. I got none. Jesus says, so, uh, I, you know, uh, I, so I said, you know what? Uh, I don't know what I was going to do. I literally, I didn't tell my pastor. I didn't tell him, my, my wife. Was it? We were just there. She knows. We, we were living this thing out by faith. Nobody, I mean, we just, whoo, like 90 days. I didn't know what I was going to, I was like, Lord, is somebody going to give me a check? I didn't know what full-time ministry looked like or whatever. And there was this man of God. Uh, that uh, was preaching for us at this revival, and my pastor wanted me to pick him up. And and I told my wife, I was like, man, I really don't want to pick this man up. She was like, why? Because that was kind of odd for me, because if my pastor ever wanted me to do something, I was like super zealous. I was like, that guy was like, I'll do it. You know, and I wasn't like that. I was like, I am not picking this brother up today. And uh, she was like, why? And I was like, because I feel like something spooky pooky is going to happen. I had never been exposed to the prophetic before in my life, but I could sense that something was going to happen. So I had never met this man before in my life, and uh, I pick him up in the airport, and I told my wife this. I said, we're not going to talk about anything spiritual. Now, that goes to show you, I'm, I'm pulling the Jeremiah. I'm going I'm to show you in a minute. I'm pulling the Jeremiah. Uh, and so I'm like, we're not going to talk about nothing spiritual. And we just pick them up, and we talk about cell phones. This is before smartphones. This is when you had the cell phone, and you had to pull the antenna up. Praise, y'all don't know nothing about that. Praise God. Yeah, that thing was big on your hip. You, praise God. Praise God. You thought I'd be packing, boy. You're like, what is he doing? This man ain't packing at the sizzler, is he? Y'all don't know nothing about the sizzler. Praise God. They, you from the States. They you know the Canadians there. Praise God. So, I said, we're going to talk about cell phones. We are ripping cell phone companies, and we are less than three minutes from the hotel, and I'm not making this up. In my spirit, I go like this, yes, no spiritual conversation. I had never met this man. The only person who knew my circumstance at that time was my wife and I. Our babies were too small to know anything. They just live their best life. That meant The moment I said, yes, no spiritual conversation, that man turned to me. And was like, thus saith the Lord. He said, you think you've been called to be a banker in the natural. But the Lord used that as training ground to develop you to be a banker in the spirit. He said, he's deposited things in you for people who are spiritually and emotionally bankrupt. This man is reading my mail. I am weeping. I'm about to kill us in a head-on collision. He's like, my God, boy. He got out the spirit real quick. He's like, my God, boy, you're going to kill us. He was like, you got more confidence in these people driving opposite traffic than you do, God. I was like, you're right. You're right, oh, wretched man that I am. Crazy. He didn't know who I worked for. I didn't technically work for him or I'd have been resigned. But I was, uh, so even later that night, he called us in. I'll say this real quick. And he was like, yo. He wasn't like, yo. But he was like, um, he had called me. And he was like, come here, son. And uh, we sat down, my wife and I, and I didn't know what to, hell. You know, when somebody reads your mail like that, you kind of like. <laughs> I was his son real quick. <laughs> I was like, yes, father. He was like, uh, he was like, the Lord is done with Wacobia Bank. That's who I worked for. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you heard me. Like with bass in his voice. I was like, the Lord is done with Wachovia Bank. Wachovia Bank at that time was the fourth largest bank in the country. He said he has taken his hand off of Wachovia Bank. He raised it up to bless you and to bless his kingdom. And in less than six months, that bank was wiped from existence. Crazy. Profit. I remember one time. I, uh, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you so y'all can get ready. So I'm about to tell y'all this. Ain't none of y'all going to come. Praise God. Because this man is coming. He's going to be with us in June. I ain't going to call him out. But uh, uh, not that man. But so, look, we can already have lunch. And the Lord spoke to me about something, right, very clearly. And he said, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said so-and-so's name. He said, uh, it's insecurity and pride. And I was like, that cannot be right. That does not make any sense. And so this gentleman was coming over our house. We had never, we had never done that before. had never really connected uh, other than high and by. And he walked in my house. This is what prophets say. He walked, never been to my house. We had never said more than like two sentences. He said, he, I said, hey, I up, I'm opening up the door Glad, like, like you woke up somebody for dinner, lunch. I was like, oh, man, we're so glad to have you. He said, you're wondering if you heard from the Lord concerning so-and-so. It is insecurity and pride. Now, let's eat. i was like, let's eat. I said, you going to come in and just deliver the word like what and we gonna eat that's what a prophet does praise God there were many times Jeremiah felt like giving up and quitting and stopping he was often paralyzed by fear one season of his life he actually told God I'm quitting I'm not gonna say anything else about you every time I prophesy about your name it gets me in trouble so I'm gonna go into a cave and run and hide and turn in my prophecy credentials I'm not going to prophesy to anybody anymore, but the Bible says when he got in the cave and got alone and felt like quitting, the Bible said he could not stop because the word felt like fire shut up in his bones. There was a season he felt like quitting, and God said, you can't quit. God told him, you can't quit because before you were born, I knew you. He's telling that after he's born and he's actually involved in prophetic ministry, feeling like a failure, feeling like he wants to quit. And God said, you can't quit because I called you before your mother ever knew you. Watch, watch this. And, and, and God said to him, I ordained you to be a prophet. You weren't even born, <laughs> but God ordained him. God will ordain what hell, or excuse me, what earth has yet to come, or what's yet to come into the earth. I should say it like that. God will ordain what has even yet come into the earth. That's why some of us are still alive today, because God ordained, he foreknew your life. It doesn't matter what kind of enemy you have, what who opposes you, what haters you have, what kind of people rise up against you. If God be for me, it doesn't matter who is against me. I'm telling you that you are ordained and the hand of God is on your life. And some of you are here today simply because God has ordained you. He's ordained your ministry. He's ordained your calling. He's ordained your family. And if the enemy could have unordained you or canceled you, he would have already canceled you. But you're here by the goodness of God, by the mercy of God. And the hand of God is on your life to prosper you, to bless you, to sustain you and give you victory. Somebody give him praise. Let me trip you out for a minute. He ordained you before you ever got here. Before my my mother ever met my father at Hampton University. And she was looking at that big head of Ernest Thompson. I got an honest dad, praise God. Before they ever got together and thought about going out on a date. God saw me before they saw each other. God ordained my life. I want to tell you if you are here under the sound of my voice or watching online, you are not an accident. You are not a circumstance of happenstance. You are ordained to be here. God knew me before I was here. There's purpose on your life. God saw me coming before I got here, which is why I praise him when there's no music, which is why I praise him when I'm at home by myself, because it's only the goodness of God. He chose me. I didn't choose him. When I wonder how I got to where I am, it's only the goodness of God. He ordained me. He chose us. He chose us, and he told Jeremiah when he felt like giving up, Son, I've ordained you to be a prophet. And Jeremiah needed this affirmation repeatedly, even as a prophet of God. It's okay to be affirmed by the Spirit. There came this moment in Jeremiah's life where God told the prophet, all right, I need to give you an illustrated sermon. I'm not not one that, uh, I'm not like Jason Roach, you know, praise God. He'll have all kinds of props up here and they're great and effective. But you know what? The Lord did this with, with Jeremiah. He said, I want to show you an illustrated sermon. And so he said, I want you to get up and I want you to go to the potter's house because I want to show you something that I want to say to my people. And in order for me to give you the right word, I have to show you this illustrated sermon. So he goes down to the potter's house and The potter's house is probably like an outhouse or a shed or something to that effect. And if you walked into the potter's house, you'd see a couple of things. And I just want to tell you a few of the things that you would see. First of all, you're going to see the potter. Now, the potter is an artisan. He could take something that no one else saw any purpose in. And because of this amazing ability, he could see something become something. This artisan was not intimidated by this lump of clay. The, the potter had a purpose for the lump of clay and saw what it could become. I want to tell you right now that God is the only one who knows what you can become. You don't need to be intimidated by what you don't have. He gave you everything you need to be. Everything that you, he's called you to be. You've got the goods to get the job done. And you and I both should rejoice in the fact that the potter is the one putting his hands on our lives. So... uh... I know there might be other people who not only try to put their hands, but maybe their lips or their words on your life. But I'm telling you right now, God can wipe those fingerprints right off. And God can get rid of some of the people that tried to manipulate you and provoke you and push you and to pressure you to do things that were not in his plan. And God's about to put his hands on your life and do a work in your life so that not one ounce of your potential will be wasted. Why? Because he is the potter. How many of us are thankful that the potter knows what he's up to? So not only would you see the potter there, but you would also see the clay. And this is interesting because clay, you know, now today in our convenience, we can go to uh, Michael's. We got Michael's here. We can go to Michael's. I was trying to think Party City, but Party City ain't got no clay. Dollarama got clay? Listen, I'm impressed with Dollarama. Now, I will say this. Like, our dollar store is in the States, but here we leveled up. Our dollar store, I'm like, yo, do I need to go anywhere else? I have everything I need right here at the dollar store, praise God. And they built one right across my street, right across the street from my house, basically. I'm like, and now my kids are driving. I'm like, go to the dollar store. <laughs> praise God. We going to the dollar store after church. I'm taking the babies to the dollar store. Thank you, y'all. Get whatever you I'm telling the babies, the sky's the limit. While we're at the dollar store, praise God. While we're at the dollar store, not at Walmart. Walmart, Canada, Walmart be tripping, praise God. The pro, with the prices. The states, we be tripping with the people. The people in Walmart in the states, you want to be careful with. But you need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart in the states, praise God. So, what, the, what, 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 what you would find is you'd not only find the potter, but you'd find the clay. And what the, you know, but th- these guys didn't have the privilege of going to Walmart or Party City or Michaels or, or Dollarama, praise God. Uh, they would they would look and literally hew out this dirt. But there was a certain kind of clay or dirt that they were looking for that the potter would need. And what they would do when they would find it, they hew it out and it would be hard and in its current state. So they would take the clay back, this massive, heavy lump of clay, put it on the ground. And you know what they would do? They would do something called treading the clay. In Jeremiah 18, the, the potter begins directly working the wheel with the clay already on it. But before the clay ever made it onto the wheel watch this it had to go through the treading process this begins by the stomping on the clay as a matter of fact depending upon the texture and and how much air was in the clay that dirt you know what some of the artisans would do they would literally have to not just stomp on it some of them would jump up and down on the clay to get all of the air out of it to put it on the ground, and you know what they would do to make it pliable, to get it ready, to get all the pockets out of the clay. And they would walk over the clay. They would pound the clay with their feet, and they would break the clay down to make it. I'm talking to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. They would break the clay down to make it useful because hard clay has no future. Hard clay has no future. But a potter understands if I can break the clay down, If I can get it, it's the right stuff. I just have to get it in the right position so that I can maximize its potential. And I feel like I'm here to encourage somebody this afternoon and tell you that some of the stomps you've been feeling, some of the pounding you've been feeling, some of the pressure you've been feeling, some of the weight you've been feeling, the enemy's tried to tell you that the weight was intended to destroy you. But I wanted to let you know that God sent me here this afternoon to tell you it's the treading of the clay to put you in position It's not over. You're going through it. It's readying you for what God has in store. Why? Why, you ask? Why? Because he loves us too much to leave us arrogant. He loves us too much to leave us full of pride. He loves us too much to not have tears stream down our face when we're in his presence just keep it 100 today got too much pride too much i know i can i know i can i know i can in us for god to be able to use us he wants to use you but when you come out of this season when i come out of this season of being treaded and you feel like you've been broken down god said yeah 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 that's what i'm waiting on you feel like you're useless but now i'm about to show you just how useful you really are. See, if the enemy had pressured you to feeling like it's time to give up, you're actually in the place for God to begin to blow your mind to what he's about to do in your life. I'm talking to the people who came this afternoon who know that God's hand is on their life and Uh, You know, I'm talking to those people who, like, I I feel like God has called me to do something. I don't have it all together. I I, I don't think I'm all of that in a bag of chips. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. I'm talking to some real people today. I'm talking to some people who are broken and perhaps even discouraged, and something's been pounding on your life. Something's been treading on your spirit, and you've been feeling broken on the inside. God sent me to tell you you are in the right spot. everything you're in the right spot to become everything god has called you to be so we've talked about the potter's house we've talked about the potter we've talked about the clay something else i want you to notice in this scenario is the wheel nobody likes the wheel nobody likes the wheel because the wheel is the place that makes sure the potter touches every part of your life Make sure that the potter touches every part of the clay. Sculptures, you see, sculptures focus on the face and painters focus on the canvas. But the potter touches every side of the vessel. Because potters recognize that if they're going to be useful, I've got to touch every part of your life. If you're going to be useful, if I'm going to be useful, he has to touch every part of our life. I have to keep him on the wheel. Look at somebody, tell him, stay on the wheel stay on the wheel if you just going to be real has anybody ever been tired of being on the wheel thank you andy thank you jordan thank you drill and i appreciate that i know y'all don't want to say it because y'all came in here to impress drilling and kelsey but I need somebody to be real and say, yeah, you know what, Lord? I'm tired of being on the wheel. I'm tired of feeling like I'm going in circle after circle, treading, wondering if I'm going to come out this situation, if I'm going to get through this thing. I'm here to let you know that the treading, the, the wheel has significance. And the spin you've been on is about to reveal that God's been working not just on the places people see. But on the unseen, hidden places. Of your life because God sees too much in your future to allow you to look from only one angle and to be jacked up from another angle. <sighs> See, that's what religion does. Religion look good. On the inside, I'm dead. Powerless, futile. But if you stay on the potter's wheel and you let them get you in this circle and let them touch every part of your life. So Jeremiah comes on this field trip to the potter's house and he sees the potter and he sees the clay and he sees the wheel and the potter and the potter's working the wheel. And the Bible says he was making something. Read the text. Verse 3. Let's show him verse 3, fam. Look at verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. Now, the potter is probably looking at Jeremiah. We know Jeremiah's looking at the potter. And Jeremiah is probably like, what is he making? He's making something. It, potter didn't tell him what he's making, but he's making something. Have you ever had people look at you? Like, what is God doing in their life? can't figure them out Don't, one minute they're here one minute they're there one minute they're over here one minute they're over there God is up to something and you can't put language on it I'm telling you right now everybody else might not see it and you might not be able to explain it but God is doing something He's up to something in your life. People want us, ain't nothing wrong with having a plan. I'll never forget it, and I I say this with all confidence. You can look at, I don't know what other churches are doing. I have no, matter of fact, I have no interest. I was with somebody just recently. I was like, man, man, they were just, we were just dialoguing. I was like, man, I've I've never been to your church website. I was like, Brian, I even heard you preach before. I was like, no offense. I'm not saying you are. You. Are. I don't know what you are. I'm just saying, whatever you are, you are by the grace of God. My point is, I'm not worried about anybody else. I, 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 I'm not. I, I just know what God is doing here. And when the Lord called me, He said, Hey, you know what? Uh, here is what you need to do. You need to abandon the plan uh, that you have because don't get me wrong. A plan is cute and fine, but you need to make sure you have something from the Spirit. And your one-year plan, your three-year plan, your five-year plan in your career or your relationships or your ministry, you got to throw all of that aside and say, God, I'm willing to stay on the wheel and let you do whatever you want to do in my life, whatever that something is. I know I know, God has given you glimpses of what that might be and we're quick to embrace the promise but not trust the process. I know somebody told you you'd be preaching the thousands. Praise God for that. I rejoice with you. I believe you're going to preach the thousands, but can you trust the process? What is God doing in my life? I remember telling the Lord, I told you all this a few weeks back. I rarely have people come to me when they're going through hell uh, to say, hey, you know what? Pray that God would change me. Typically, it's like, you know what? God, change my circumstances. But when you're on the potter's wheel, you don't pray, God, change my circumstances. You say, God, what what are you protecting me from? God, what are you positioning me for? What are you performing in me, God? What are you performing in my life? That's what the Lord is, is asking us today, EC fam. So he, he's doing something. He's doing something. And, and, and Jeremiah is not able to quite put language on it. But you need to understand God is up to something in your life. Even if you don't know what it is, you can praise God that he's up to something. If I could tell you every detail I would tell you if I knew the future, I might share with some of y'all, but he hasn't even let me know all of what he's up to in my own life. But I trust that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. I'm telling you God is up to something in your life you need to know God is moving in your life God has a plan and purpose for your life it might not look the way you thought it was going to look you might not be where you thought you would be but it doesn't mean God was up there God isn't up to something as a matter of fact let me just set somebody free stop looking to the right or the left or what's happening with your neighbors and what's happening with churches all over the region can I tell you focus on where God has you and watch God blow your are mine, I'll never forget this. You know what's great? I say this this was amazing. We, I've had, I was telling somebody, we, uh, we, I was telling my, my daughter this. This is why you can't trust, uh, Instagram. We, 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 I, I, I baptize people, and the baptism, if you were here in person, you was like, Oh, praise God! I thing. You, you're like, Come on, we're gonna get down there, we're gonna get down there, we're gonna get down there took several times people but if you looked at the edited video ad if you looked at the edit can i just tell you when you are on instagram and facebook you're looking at the edits you're looking at the edits so god's up to something now can i let me just tell you let me just tell you because some of you all are like you know god didn't tell me everything i'm going to go through to get to where i am He hadn't shared with me where he's taking me. You know why? Because we'll mess it up. If he told you every detail you go through. Now, some of y'all looking at me like, not me. I'll do it, Jesus. You go trying to impress Draylon and Kelsey again. You would not take the sleepless nights. The betrayal and the nights of the soul and the pain and the anguish on the inside and have to deal with the stuff on the outside. If God showed you every kind of pressure you would ever go through, you would look at that picture or that commercial of your future and you'd say, I'm I'm good, I can't do that. There's a reason why God doesn't show you everything because you can actually handle more than your own mind tells you you can handle. And I want to tell you he'll never, oh I feel like I'm preaching right now, he'll never put more on you than you can bear. You know what Pastor Jamil told us a few weeks ago? I'm built for this. I'm here to tell you, you are built for the trial. You're built for the circumstance. No matter, what you're, no matter what you're facing, you're built for this. Why? Because the hands of the potter are shaping your life. And he's the only one who knows how much you can bear. So he doesn't even disclose all of it to you. He just says, if you trust me, I'll give you the strength. Oh, if you trust me, I'll give you the ability. If you trust me, I'll give you the provision. If you trust me, I'll give you the vision. If you trust me, I'll give you the anointing. And when you get to the end of the journey, you won't get to heaven. Talking about some, look what a kill has done. Look what a kill has done. No, you won't do that. You'll look and say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. I'm here to encourage somebody. God is up to we say it all the time in our leadership meetings. Tell me something good. <laughs> so yeah, some of y'all clapping like something that way goes saying, Shaka Kong. She's like, what are we doing right now? What I'm trying to tell you is God is up to something good in your life. The potter's wheel is a good place to be. Under the potter's hands is a great place to be. Praise God. So, he'll give you the strength. Praise God. If you'll just trust him, just praise him right where you are. If you'll trust him to thank him right where you are. You know, here, here's what I want you to think. About. Have, you, have you ever gotten into something and thought it was one thing? And it turned out to be that's that's something that you didn't think it was when you turned around became something better something altogether better maybe even next level better some of us need to learn how to praise God that even when it doesn't turn on as we thought it would he's still up to something good So I am persuaded that everything works together for the good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. The potter is up to something. He's up here. He's up to something in my life. He's up to something in extraordinary church. And I'm watching him work in my life just like Jeremiah is watching the potter. And here's where it gets crazy, fam. Look at verse 4. The vessel that he made of clay was marred. In the hand of the potter. Right there. Nobody wants to clap anymore. We just lost the shout. Praise God. Thank you, Isaiah. Praise God. I know. I know why. Because so many of us can relate to that moment. Jeremiah watching the potter make a vessel. Keeps going around and around and around and around on that wheel. And the potter, the hand of the potter knows where to apply the pressure to make the lumps of clay become the vessel that it is intended to be. And when it got stiff and dry, he would take water, pour it on the clay. And you see, you you can't make a saint everything that God wants him to be without the spirit. Praise God. Every time you get a little bit of attitude about you, Lord, just throw a little bit more Holy Ghost. Cassandra Sandra you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Thank you, Jay. Andre Andre had that nervous laugh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Praise God. Every time, you know what? Every time you blow up and act like you can handle it all on your own. You've arrived. Can't nobody tell you anything. You know, I, I told my wife this. The Lord gave me an article to write. I, I hadn't done this in a long time. As a matter of fact, since I was on a drive. Uh, it's about mentoring. We all. Let me just help you all right now. I love leadership, but you don't need... You don't need a mentor in your life. You don't need a mentor in your life. Again, quiet, quiet, quiet. Because if you will posture yourself as a lifelong learner, you'll always have a mentor. What you mean is you want to selectively identify who can and cannot impart into your life. You're actually arrogant enough to think that certain people can't teach you things and certain people can't. That's why you're not learning to begin with, because you're not a student. But if you have the model in the heart of a student, no matter who walks in the room, they're a mentor. Every experience you have is a mentoring experience. Every book you read is a mentoring experience. You can learn from the homeless man. You can learn from the millionaire. You can learn from the teacher. You can learn from the three-year-old. When you have the posture of a student, you don't get to select it? Well, let me stop. That's a leadership lesson for another time. Praise God. But you know what? We need the, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. If we're full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, you know what we'll be full of? Humility. I was joking talking about something. You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart in the States. But we need the Holy Ghost in church. We, we need the Holy Ghost in church. We got too much pride in the church. We got too, too some of us are too full of ourselves. We need the Holy Ghost. We got too many liars in church. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you keep right on lying. You got too many gossips in the church. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, thing, you just be running your mouth and running your mouth. We got too many people lusting in the church. Y'all not ready for me today. Sarah's like, calm down, calm down. Praise God. Let me slow it down. But we need the Holy Ghost in our services every time we come together I want there to be tongues and interpretation every time we come together I want to be miracles signs and wonders every time we come together I want people to prophesy lay hands on the sick and watch them recover every time we come together we need the glory of God to come down why because that was only then when it's extraordinary that's only then when lives can be changed only when the Holy Ghost shows up we need to be full of the Holy Ghost If that's what you want, give him praise. Come on, high five your neighbor. Tell him we need the Holy Ghost. Come on, we need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can fix a whole lot of stuff in a moment. The Holy Ghost can turn things around in a moment. The Holy Ghost changes everything. Praise God. I don't need the Holy Ghost just to go to heaven. I need the Holy Ghost to go to square one. Praise God. Thank you, Isaiah. Praise God. You know what that is? He's full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. So, the, pot, the potter is doing something to this vessel. And this is interesting because Jeremiah is looking at what he's made. But the potter noticed something else that nobody else in the room noticed. And that, that the vessel was marred. Literally in the Hebrew, they use this word for spoil. Now, not spoil like you would think groceries or, oh, my milk is spoiled and there's nothing worse than spoiled milk. <sighs> Especially if you don't pay attention to it and you... Boy, that'll, that'll, that'll fix you one time. <laughs> I'm not talking about like spoiled milk or bad fruit or food, vegetables when they rot spoiled in the sense that it could not be used for its intended purpose. Spoiled as in it's disqualified from being a vessel because it had something wrong with it. Perhaps Jeremiah couldn't see it because he seems a bit shocked that this vessel has been made. Still, the potter is getting ready to do something different because the potter knows something about the vessel that jeopardizes its usability. I want to tell you something. Did they hear me? There are some people in this place who need to get a revelation of the stubborn potter. We are not serving a God that acquiesces to our wines and capitulates to our moods. We're not serving a God who caters to your wants and panders to your desires. Oh, Like, oh, God, I can't take it anymore. Okay, 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 let me. No, that's what some people would think, but let me just help you out right now. That might be some gods, but that is not the Lord our God. He is not concerned about your happiness, but he will give you a joy that will change everything on the inside so that when you're facing hell, you've got something that will lead you right through it. He wants you and I to be useful, and in order for us to be useful, he's willing to work on you and I and work things in of us and work things out of us. Where some people would look and say, I want you to hear me. I felt the Lord drop this in my spirit. Some people would look at Extraordinary Church and say it's a finished product. God's stubborn says, uh uh-uh. uh, something about you I can't ignore. Made a couple of observations and I want to bring these to your attention, and I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna hurry up. I want you to consider this. The first thing I want you to know is that even when it is marred, Andre. The potter didn't throw it away. Praise God. Somebody ought to be happy about that. Even with blemishes, even with imperfections, even when things could not get right, the potter did not throw it away. Y'all going to have to help me preach this afternoon. I need somebody to praise God that when I was a mess, he did not throw me away. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of people in my life that wanted nothing to do with me. They discovered that there was something in me, that I had some issues and some drama. And you know what? They were done. But God, who is rich in mercy, who's stubborn, he said, no, 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 no. Stay right here. Stay on the powder's wheel and watch me do a work in your life. Some people can get close to us. And the closer they get, they realize how dysfunctional what a mess we are and you know what they run they go to plan B they got options so they go get another lump of clay but God when he finds that mess in me he doesn't throw me away I know I know y'all can sit there like I deserve to be here this is my seat I've been a really good person. But the reality of it is, there's enough in all of us. If we took real inventory in our life, we'd praise him till the roof flew off this place. Because we know there are plenty of opportunities. He could have thrown us away. But he did not throw the clay away. He kept us. I am not... I am not a different lump of clay than I was 20 years ago. I'm the same lump of clay. And every time he finds something in me that's not like him, he doesn't go get another lump of clay. He doesn't go get another lump of clay and put somebody in my place. He said, get back up on the wheel. I'm not finished with you yet. So he did not throw the clay away. You know what the Bible says? put verse four back up there again. Watch this. If I could, I'd run. Watch this. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Check it out. So he made it again. I'm thankful for agains. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he'll do it again in my life. I know he can heal me again, but I'm thankful he'll work on that attitude in me. I'm I'm thankful he'll work on me again and get that pride out of me. I'm thankful he'll work on me again and help my character. I'm thankful. Can I just tell you, you know what? You know where we are? I'll tell you in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I'll tell you. We're growing. I believe and declare we're the fastest growing church in Canada. I believe that. I do believe that. But let me tell you where we are. I got a text message from somebody. Oh, my God, last night, I didn't had a chance to tell my wife. Two o'clock. They said the sands are shifting at Extraordinary Church. Yeah. And they'll be with us in the summertime. Said the Lord is positioning you. He's telling you to get ready to go to the next level. He said there's a deepening taking place extraordinary church you know what yeah we're growing but you know how we're growing right now we're growing in character (laughs) growing in virtue growing in virtue growing in understanding so that when the time comes to increase our capacity we can handle We can handle what God is trying to do in this place. I'm telling you, you're right where you need to be. In the potter's hands, the hand of the Lord is on your life. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is not the time to quit. Now is the time for again. It's God. It's time for God to move again in my life. It's time for me to pray again. It's time for me to believe again. It's time for me to worship again. It's time for me to trust again. It's time for me to stand again. Come on, I need somebody to praise God that he didn't throw you away. That was one season ago. It might be 10 years later and your hair might be gray and you might not be as fit as you used to be, but you're not disqualified. Stay on the wheel. You can't look at somebody and say it's over just because of one season. Because God will take that same person, that same lump of clay, baby. And in his stubborn, long suffering, his kindness, with his mercies, which are new every morning, he will put them on the wheel and get back to work in their life. Again, 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 again. Drayla, why don't you come on? We're going to wrap this up. Praise God. Why don't we all stand? Thank you, Jesus. I got more notes, and I'm trying to figure out. Help me, Jesus. You see, the problem with us religion Andy is we throw clay away when we come into something that feels like a disqualification but God doesn't throw the clay away hear me because the power to change is not in the clay the power to change is not in the clay the power to change is in the the hands of of the one that is manipulating and touching the clay i'm not here today because i figured it all out i'm not here today because i've got some big plan and i'm working like the wizard of Oz behind the curtain i'm here today because i'm trusting somebody Somebody greater than me, somebody who's got the power to take what I've messed up and maybe work with me in a way that brings him honor and glory. So that when I finish my journey, it's not unto me, but it's unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power. So he doesn't just throw the clay away. He makes it. some of us if we're not careful this is why I fight it often the spirit of religiosity because religiosity will try to choke the life out of what God is doing in somebody's life let me just encourage you right now just because I'm, I'm We make mistakes sometimes we sensationalize things sometimes let me tell you why the bible says it rejoices over one who repents when somebody repents all of heaven rejoices when somebody repents when they orient their this is bible if you don't like that say when they receive the Holy Ghost but we don't repent or we don't rejoice when people repent we'll give a golf clap when they get the Holy Ghost we'll celebrate that a little bit let me help you out the disciples it took at least three and a half years them to receive the spirit and they were with him in the flesh but it doesn't mean God wasn't doing a transformational work in their life received the spirit and guess what that wasn't the acme that wasn't the achievement they've arrived the transformation continued so much so if you look at it even like Paul is a great example Paul was arguing he was like yo I'm with all of them I, I am an apostle I, I ain't get this one no he was arguing you get to the That's what he said. He's like, I'm the apostle of apostles. Don't don't mess with me. But you know that transformation brought him to a place where he said, "Uh, "Yeah, Timothy, you know about that, son. I don't want you to remember me for that. I want you to remember me that uh, I'm pretty convinced I'm the chief of sinners." Use my life as a pattern to show everybody else that if he, he can do it in me, a terrorist, he can do it in them. You know, that's what happens when you stay on the wheel. The potter's here. I I, I wanted to show you a, a funny video. I'm calling. I say funny. It was. I'm not going to do it. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I am so thankful to have raised my kids in a Christian home. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And we bought Christian entertainment for them. And Mia will remember this, at Lincoln will remember this. Hermy the caterpillar, Hermy the caterpillar, Hermy and Wormy, Hermy the caterpillar. Chris laughed, and I think Chris know a little bit, little bit about Hermy. Praise God. Hermy always he felt like he lived a common life he would go to god and he would say god why am i so common and he would try to do other things and be other things he wanted to be an ant, and he wanted to uh, i can't remember all the stuff and he would try all this stuff and he would say god why am i so common and the lord would tell him hermy i made you just the way you are i love you just the way you are finally one day Hermie gets to this point where he's tried all these things and he says you know what he told his friend Warmy he said I think I need to repent because I've been trying to be something that I'm not so he he, he, he gets up and he, he just says a simple prayer and he's like Lord forgive me I, I'm really okay with what I think is being a common caterpillar he said I'm good I'm good and he said I love you and I know you love me Warmy I had the video he, he, he was real tired to sleep. And this is the deep yawn. He uh, stretch He said, well, I got to make my bed real comfortable. So he went into what they call like crystallous. And uh, this thing began to form around him. And when Hermie woke up, he was startled because he couldn't get out of it. And he's pushing and fighting. And he's he was telling his friend, he's screaming. He's like, Wormie, Wormie, what's happened to me? I can't see. Where are you? And he's pushing and Right before the thing hits the ground, he breaks out next thing you know Hermes has got wings and Hermie is flying and he looked and Wormy is like what happened to you staying on the wheel you know what what happened a week from now five years from now they're going to say what happened to extraordinary church potter's hands? what happened to that worship team? the potter's hands what happened to that youth ministry? the potter's hands what happened to pastor Akil? the potter's hands what happened to me the potter's hands what happened to Isaiah? the potter's hands what happened to Tiffany? the potter's hands what happened to Karen and Ryan? the potter's hands what happened to Damien and Grace? the potter's hands what happened? it's the hands of the what will do if you're willing to say, you know what Lord Oof. you're not done with me yet listen to what he says watch this, I'm going to encourage you, verse 5 and 6 and I really am done look at verse 5 and verse 6 then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah oh, look at this, oh house of Israel can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord Look, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.